When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Let's get right to it. And we're starting to see the game start to flow a little bit. A ton of games last night. Some teams have played two games. Not everybody has played yet. Uh, Devils will get their first chance at it. Philadelphia and Vancouver tonight. Minnesota will play and debut for the season as well. Uh, Calgary will finally get a chance to play uh, on Saturday. So there's a lot going on um, in the National Hockey League. So let's get right to it. And, And let's start with the bread and butter here on this podcast from a local standpoint, and that's the New York Rangers 0-1-1 to start the season. And we've harped on this quite a bit uh, here in New York that getting off to a good start is going to be vitally important. Top three teams in each division make it, and then you're going to be scrambling for the wild card. And when you're in a division that's got the Islanders and you've got the Penguins and you've got the Carolina Hurricanes and the Washington Capitals, uh, three of those teams are locks, right? Uh, Pittsburgh might not be, but then they fall to the wild card. And then you look at the other division where I think Florida's a playoff team. Tampa's the defending Stanley Cup champions for the last couple of years. Boston's always consistently good. So the Rangers are kind of stuck with the Pittsburghs and the Montreals and the Ottawas and an improved New Jersey team, Philadelphia. Columbus is much better. And you look at the game last night, certainly a lot better that getting off to a slow start is just going to kill you. And the Rangers in the last four years have been at or under 500 in the first 10 games every year. Matter of fact, the best, they were 4-4-2 last year. So technically only winning four of their first 10 games. And and right now they've only got one point in their first two. And oh, by the way, they're embarking on a four-game road trip uh, in Montreal. Canadians looking for their first win. Monday in Toronto against a really good Leaf team. And then Nashville, not good, but still a tough place to play. And then you conclude it in Ottawa, an up-and-coming team. So Rangers look like they might be headed to having another sub-500 first 10 games of the season. And you dig yourself a hole, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, the positives? Well, Adam Fox has been their best player. He is just terrific, and I think he's going to be a Norris Trophy candidate again this season. Uh, they're much more physical clearly out hitting their opponents they're getting uh doing a better job of winning face-offs so there's some good but again it's a struggle to score goals three goals in two games not getting any goals from Zabanajad or Panarin although both had points last night and both had um a much better opportunity to score than they did in the five to one loss against the Capitals uh they played nearly 40 minutes together combined in the game against Washington, it was like a little over 38 minutes, and they both were a collective minus one with no shots on goal. Uh, last night, they both had points. Uh, they were a collective plus one, and they combined for, uh, what was it, eight shots on goal, um, or, or actually it was uh, six shots on goal uh, total. So uh, it, it's better. But, again, not scoring goals. And Kreider's got a couple, which is nice, both on deflections. Get a goal from Fox. But I just kind of wonder, is are the Rangers going to be able to get offense from 
something other than their top two lines. And with Blay out day-to-day, Gauthier comes in, that's great, but you got Philip Heedle centering that third line, but who is he centering to? And the fourth line, they're rough and tumble for sure, and they, they're gritty and they'll get their opportunities, but you're not going to expect to get a ton of points out of Hunt Reeves and Rooney on a consistent basis so it's one of those situations and we had Stephen Valaket on the Michael K show yesterday when Panarin doesn't score Rangers don't win and and I can add Zibanejad to that as well and and Mika got off to a really slow start last year and I think it really affected them so it's only two games you don't want to get crazy but still some things I think to kind of look at where's the offense going to come from on a consistent basis it's great to be physical it's great not to get pushed around but this this is still a game about outscoring your opponent I thought Shesterkin was good last night Georgiev was not back on Wednesday uh, they don't have any more back-to-backs this, uh, coming up um, that was the first of uh, 15 they have the season, so they have 14 more left. But I would think you're going to ride Shesterkin here uh, for the foreseeable future. But that's what's happening with the Rangers. They lose 3-2 in overtime to the Dallas Stars. Stars are now complete, right? You've got a healthy, healthy Sagan. you got a healthy Ben. And we forget that this team in the bubble two years ago went to the Stanley Cup final losing to Tampa. Uh, last year, just completely decimated by injuries. But Haskinen is right up there as one of the best defensemen in the league. You've got a healthy Pavelski, a healthy Ben. Uh, you get a healthy Sagan. Uh, this can be a fun team to watch. So uh, that's, a, that's a good Dallas Stars team, and they end up getting uh, the extra point. Uh, Hurricanes, they're reminding you that they are very much in the conversation about being a cup contender, very much. I know everybody's high on Florida like I am. Why wouldn't you be high on Tampa Bay? Why wouldn't you be high on the Islanders? But this Carolina Hurricanes team is going to be heard from. Not too often do you see an Islander team give up 41 shots on goal. But a 6-3 to three final with the empty net of the game was a little bit more competitive than that. Uh, Anders Lee back in action for the Islanders, and he did score a goal. Barzell lighting the lamp as well. But this is a really, really good Hurricanes team that is going to have a major say on whether the Islanders can win this Metropolitan Division or not. That was a bit of a reminder. Uh, Canadians just in a malaise, right? They lose 2-1 to Toronto, second of back-to-backs against the Buffalo team. That that's that, It's spunky. It's not a good team, but that's a tough loss for Montreal. They've got the goaltending problems now with Price on leave, and the Sabres completely took advantage of that. And they just really uh, there was one moment in that second period when the Canadians made it 2-1 like all right maybe they'll wake up but buffalo was good from the get go and certainly deserve to win that game i'm kicking myself that i didn't make this my ice pick uh, anthony pusick my producer here can back me up uh, i was debating back and forth about going with montreal at minus a goal and a half which was a huge mistake or taking the senators on the money line i chickened out and didn't do it the Senators team, uh, how many times they burned me last year making my ice picks, thinking, oh, the Senators stink, I'm going to go with their opponent. And time and time again, they may not win, but they play hard. They score the first three goals in the first period, hold on for a 3-2 win over the Maple Leafs. This Senators team is going to be a playoff team, I think. I think they got an excellent chance to make the postseason. They're going to get Matt Murray back in goal. Uh, they've signed Brady Kachuk, so they're going to add some offense to an already good young team. I think this is going to be a fun Ottawa Senator team to watch. 
And if teams like Montreal are not careful, there may not be a wild card spot for them because of what the Ottawa Senators uh, bring to the table. So looking forward to watching them for the rest of the year. They did give up a ton of shots. Toronto had 48 shots on goal. So And they really had to hold on to the end of the game there because down 3 nothing. boy, did you see them open it up, uh, Toronto, with 25 shots on goal in the third period. But Forsberg blinked just twice in that third. And Ottawa was able to hold on for the three to two win. Uh, watch the Tierney goal for Ottawa that made it a one nothing game. I really would like to see the league address this. I know this came up a lot on opening night as well. Uh, the distinct kicking motion. Uh, it, it it was allowed to stand. It didn't seem like there was a direct kicking motion, but boy, did it seem like it was directed by the skate. And uh, and I. <laughs> I don't know how you deal with it because, you know, if it accidentally goes off your skate, should the goal be disallowed? Why is the skate any different than any other part of the body? But, boy, you just see some of these goals where the centering pass, you don't get your stick down, you don't move your skate, but you strategically put it at an angle where you know if it goes off the skate, it's going to go in. Boy, I'd love for those types of goals to be disallowed. And looking at that tyranny goal, boy, to me, it looked like a goal that was disallowed. So I like them to redefine the distinct kicking motion and define it more like a a deflection that if your intent was to deflect. I know I know it's a gray area, but you kind of know it when you see it. And if you take distinct kicking motion out of the rule, then you look at that tyranny goal, you know it doesn't count. But still, give the Ottawa Senators credit, big win there. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Florida also reminding you, much like Carolina in the Metropolitan Division, Florida is going to remind you they're very much in contention as the best team in the Atlantic Division as they did a great job with the 5-4 to victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh looked like they were in massive control of this one, and then you saw Florida just go Nuts. 4-2. Pittsburgh's got the lead after the Rodriguez goal. Also a very underrated player. And you're deep now into the third period. All right, Florida can't get it done. Pittsburgh finding ways to win. Ekblad scores two goals uh, in the span of about a minute and a half and sends it into overtime. And Verstegi gets his second of the game to win it. Again, another situation we're just giving up way too many shots on goal. Pittsburgh at 47 shots on goal. Pittsburgh just continues to confound me. Despite the injuries, they've picked up three points in their first two games. You know, another reminder to the Rangers here, all these points you leave on the table, Pittsburgh's gobbling them up. Carolina's off to a good start. You know, Washington beat you. So another example where, hey, Pittsburgh blew a two-goal lead in the third period, but they still earned a point. When we had EJ Raddick on earlier in the week, we talked about the improved teams in the Metropolitan Division, and New Jersey certainly is one. Columbus is another, and Jenner is now the captain of that team. They've got a lot of good young players there. Uh, Texier, I, I think, is an up-and-coming player. Bjorkstrand's been good for a long, to- long time, uh, and they just put a thumping on Arizona 
eight to two the final score there. I know Arizona the last couple of years during the pandemic have played some pretty decent hockey, but that's a bad loss for the Coyotes and Columbus with uh, a huge win there. Best game of the night was in Detroit as the Red Wings lose in overtime to the Lightning 7-6. to It was a football score for God's sakes. Of course, the story in this one was Tyler Bertuzzi with four goals. God, it stinks if you're a Red Wings fan. You get a player with four goals on opening night in your own building and you only earn a point. But God, you know, Tampa, they didn't look great against Pittsburgh on opening night. Maybe they had the jitters with the banner going up and, and all that. But God, Stamkos with a couple of goals. Uh, Kucherov scores. Kalorn scores. And Palat with a couple. Just show you just how loaded this team is. Yes, they lost a couple of players. They lost Goudreau. They lost Johnson. But Tampa is still a very, very good team. And also, another example, just a ton of shots on goal. 48. They outshot the Red Wings 48-26. to Congratulations to Seattle Kraken. They get their first victory in franchise history as they beat the Predators by the final score of 4-3. to This was a back-and-forth game as well where um, Seattle blew the 2-1 lead. Yossi scores it, but then Tanef gets his second. Grantland comes back, uh, makes it a one-goal game uh, late after the empty netter, but not enough. So the Kraken start their um, their uh, franchise off with a couple of road games. They, they kind of hung in there against Vegas, fought but came up short, but they beat Nashville. And the Los Angeles Kings, I know the loss of Byfields got a lot of people nervous about the Kings making the playoffs. But let's not forget, they still have Anze Kopitar, which is an easy superstar to forget, right? Because we're so far removed from their two championships in three years. But when healthy, he's still an outstanding player. And that was a nice statement against the Golden Knights. Win that game 6-2. to two. So I, I think that's going to be a very interesting team to follow throughout the year. You know, Kopitar gets five points. Uh, that's huge. Yeah, they fell behind one nothing. They didn't bat an eye, and then they just they they crushed the Golden Knights the rest of the way. And again, another example, out shooting them forty seven to twenty five. So getting some glorious opportunities there. So you still have Kopitar. You still have Doughty. I know they haven't been uh, in the playoffs for a while and haven't been relevant for a while, but there's some good pieces there. Iafalo had a big game uh, as well. And it's like I said, tons of shots on goal, two for two on the power play. So I, I think the Los Angeles Kings are a team to kind of take a look about uh, to, that really could end up being kind of a sleeper in that Pacific division. And Peterson was good too, allowing just the two goals on 25 shots. But a good job by the Los Angeles Kings there getting their first victory uh, of the season. All right, we got three games tonight. Uh, the Devils open up their season at home against the Chicago Blackhawks, who lost back on Tuesday in that second game of the doubleheader on ESPN uh, to the Avalanche. So you get to see Hamilton. You get to see a Devil team that uh, – Feels like they this might be a year where they can be competitive. The division is just too tough for me to wrap my mind around them being in the playoffs, but I do think they'll be better. What the Devils have to do that was really their Achilles heel last year was was you know, kill penalties. There, there was there was a portion of the season last year, and I know you're playing the same seven opponents because of the convoluted uh, pandemic uh, schedule and all that. 
but there was a, there was there were times where they were like around sixty percent killing penalties, and you're going to be limited on the power play because it's not a super offensive team. You know, hopefully that'll change with a, with a healthy Heeshear uh, this year. Um, but they they got to do a better job killing penalties, and that killed them last year. So hopefully they'll do a better job, and we'll figure out where the goaltending is going to be here because of the saga with Blackwood and him not being vaccinated. So he is not uh, on the roster as he is in. Um, He's got a heel injury, but he's also in the, uh, the the COVID situation. So it's going to be Bernier and Scott Wedgwood until that whole situation gets figured out. So goaltending is also going to be a question for that team. Philadelphia, like I said, they're kind of in that Rangers situation as well. Made some uh, very interesting moves, uh, getting Ellis, getting uh, Yandel to help uh, improve that blue line. So is Philadelphia going to be able to find a way to get into a playoff against the Vancouver team that lost in the shootout? back on Wednesday uh, to the Edmonton Oilers. But you can see Vancouver is very much improved as well. So that should be a fun game. And then at 10 o'clock tonight, the Wild, I think clearly a playoff team against the Ducks team that, let's face it, they're in a rebuild, but that was an impressive win they had uh, the other night. Scored a ton of goals. Uh, Our buddy Kevin Shattenkirk got things going, scoring the first goal of the year for the Ducks, and then they end up rolling to a win over the Jets, who are playing, obviously, without uh, Shifley. So they took advantage of that. Don't think the Ducks are a playoff team, but certainly can be an improved team. So let's uh, we're not going to have a top five, obviously, because not everybody has played. So we'll save the top five for when we get a little bit deeper into the season. Who are you taking out? I'm not. I'm taking out uh, the top five today. We're not going to do it today. We'll do it uh, later in the week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's hear from you at Don LaGreca. Hashtag game misconduct. Let's go to our buddy Steve Brzezinski who says, Kako starting to show huge improvements. And could Fox win back-to-back Norris trophies? <laughs> he certainly could. Uh, listen, I don't want to say he looks better than last year because it's only been a couple of games, but he just—he really looks terrific. He—he he is going to be just a super, super player for this team. And when you take a look at Charlie McAvoy, congratulations to him getting the big contract uh, from the Boston Bruins uh, earlier today. That's big news. I've actually picked him to win the Norris Trophy this year, but eight years, seventy-six million dollars, and you got to figure. Uh, because of what he's accomplished already in his very young National Hockey League career. Probably Adam Fox looking north of that, for sure. Uh, Sam Diaz says, Hey, Don, do you think Dylan Larkin will get suspended for dropping Joseph? If so, how many games, whatever it cost him, it'll be worth every penny. I would give every player that gets boarded a free shot of retaliation. And, of course, we didn't mention it in the recap of the game, but a clear boarding penalty, a very dangerous play by Joseph hitting Larkin from behind. Larkin took a header into the boards. He wasn't hurt. Matter of fact, he got right up and just took a a glove-on-the-hand slug at Joseph as he went by. Certainly not the way the league wants to see retaliation, uh, but I do think there'll probably be some sort of a suspension. It was a sucker punch, and although I understand where he's coming from, and I'm sure the NHL will take that into account, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting a game for that. Uh, David Hines says, some thoughts from this week. ESPN and TNT definitely have their signature flair when it comes to production and the desk panel during intermissions. Also, I love 
that John Forslund is the announcer for Seattle and modified his catchphrase to that's cracking hockey. I've got all the respect in the world for John Forslund. Didn't get a chance to hear his call last night, but um, I just know it's always going to be great. Loved him nationally, loved him in Carolina. I thought it was awful what the Hurricanes did to him and Chuck um, and Chuck Caton. But I've made that known on this podcast numerous times before. Uh, I, I thought I thought ESPN did a terrific job. Got a good chance to watch both those games on Tuesday. Really couldn't sink my teeth into the TNT game, although I watched every second of it because I called the game for ESPN Radio and MSG Radio off the monitor. So I got the TNT feed, but didn't hear to get hear Kenny and Eddie, and I didn't get to see much of the panel. I know there were some complaints that when the Caps had those two goals in 24 seconds, it was during Gretzky being interviewed, so they didn't get to acknowledge the goals. Though those are kinks they'll work out. But um, people seem to like Tockett. They like Gretzky. I'm a big Liam McHugh fan. Loved him from his days at NBC. I'm glad he's still you know, working. So getting Charles Barkley involved, it's going to be fun. I, I, can see, I can see it now, though. I, I can see because obviously the people that listen to game misconduct are diehard hockey fans. So I can see that there may be some complaints later on during the season about how it's kind of goofy, it's off the wall. But that's unfortunately, that's what you got to do to try to attract a fringe audience, right? These are regular season games. You're going up against baseball playoffs. You're going up against the NFL. The NBA is going to be starting soon. You know, the NHL has their signature events, and they have their playoffs. But during the regular season, sometimes you got to think outside the box that might actually upset some some diehard fans but win over some fringe fans. So you as somebody that watches hockey all the time might have some cringe-worthy topics and segments that will be talked about on those two um, uh, networks, but I think overall they're going to both do a great job. Robert says, so many people are high on the Islanders, but more than half of their players are over 30 and several over 35 I think they'll be gassed by March. Very good point, okay, that it's going to be an adjustment for a lot of these teams, and I think some of the younger teams are going to really benefit from this later in the season. You know, you you got the break the, the first year of COVID, right, where the season got stopped with about like a dozen games left. You, you, you take a knee for four months, you come back and you play, and then you're off, and you, you, now you just have a 56-game schedule where there wasn't much travel, so it's an outstanding point. Now we go to an 82-game schedule. You're crisscrossing all over North America. I still like the Islanders. Um, Chara does skew their age a bit because he's 107 years old. They do still have some some youth on that team. But, you know, you, you add Parisi, and he's a little bit older, too. But it's going to be very, um, it's very important for some of these coaches to really um, minimize ice time. Um, I, I hate the idea of load management in the NHL, but maybe from the, some of those older players, it might not be a bad idea for guys like Parisi and Chara to be healthy scratches occasionally just to make sure they're fresh for the postseason. But if the Islanders don't win the division because of it, I'm sure you know Lou and, and Trotz will, will make sure that they figure it out so they're fresh in the postseason. But, but Robert, you make a very, very good point there. Uh, Tony Terrific says, welcome back. Question is, seeing all that Kopitar has done with the Kings, where would he rank with the King, in Kings history as a player? I say easily top five, easily. Because, all right, where are you going? All right, Marcel Dion... Didn't spend all of his career with the Kings, but the majority of it was with the Kings, right? You go Gretzky. Well, Gretzky played like a little less than half of his career with the Kings. He spent most of his career uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. So those are two guys that are in the top five, but neither of them spent their entire careers 
in L.A., all right? So where do you go from there? You start thinking about um, some of the other players. Like where, where does um, Rob Blake fit, another guy that didn't spend his entire career uh, in Los Angeles? So you start thinking about, okay, two championships. Kopitar was there for both of them, right? It looks like he's going to finish his career in Los Angeles with the Kings. You can make him number one. Dowdy's going to be in that conversation, too. Jonathan Quick is going to be in that conversation, too. Um, Dustin Brown can end up in that conversation before it's all said and done because those guys produced championships, and the other ones didn't. The closest they came was Gretzky in 93 with the Kings losing in five games to the Canadiens. So uh, you can make the cake clearly top five. You can make the case that when it's all said and done, Kopitar is the greatest Los Angeles King of all times. And, you know, and again, there's a lot of other players, but name me somebody, and I'm sure a Kings fan will reach out to me today or tomorrow and remind me uh, who, who played their whole career that's a Hall of Fame caliber player. You know, is it is it uh, Rogi Vashan? Well, no, he didn't spend his whole career there. Is it Kelly Rudy? Well, he didn't spend his whole career there. I, I can go on and on and on. But Kopitar and Dowdy are going to spend their entire careers. You would think maybe maybe uh, um, pop somewhere just to extend their career a little bit later on. Um, you know, you get, you get Taylor. There's so many guys that. But I, I still think Kopitar could very easily be number one. Richard says, "Hey Don, nice to have you back." Gallant seems to have shifted his approach from game one to game two. Tenorti out, Lundqvist in. Thank God. For example, what's your take on our new coach? What differences do you see or expect to see between him and Quinn? Well, clearly, I don't know if he's gonna if Galan is gonna be as big in the defenseman joining the play as Quinn was, but I don't think there's gonna be that many that much different. That's why I was really not up. I really was kind of upset they let Quinn go. I didn't see him being a problem. Um, he doesn't seem to be as hands on with the goaltender as Quinn was because he said he left it to Benoit Lair whether it was gonna be Georgiev or. Uh, Shesterkin that started game one. I need to see a little bit more time to see if the style of play is any different. But what you're seeing, and and you should have um, noticed this, and clearly I'm sure you did, Richard, is that they saw it's Washington, it's physical. Listen, they they had the facelift because of what happened back on May 3rd uh, against the Washington Capitals and 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 Tom Wilson that they were going to have a tougher, stronger lineup, and that's why Tenorti was in. Now, you don't have as strong a lineup uh, as far as physicality is concerned with Dallas, so Lundqvist came in, and of course he coughed up the puck uh, that led to the second goal by Fosca. Um, uh, that's got to have to change. I think it was the Fosca goal. It might have been the first goal. One of the two. Uh, he, had the, he coughed it up. Um, but that's going to happen. He's a young kid. Uh, so they're going to have their physical lineup and their less physical lineup. So, I mean, is Hunt always going to be in the lineup? Is... You know, when Blay comes back from his injury, is it going to be, well, we're playing a bigger team, Blay skates and, and, and Hunt doesn't, or Hunt doesn't skate, and then Gauthier comes in. There'll be some shifting around for sure, but they at least have the options to do that now because they've got guys that are a little bit more physical, so that kind of makes it uh, fun to, to watch there. Uh, Ryan says, I know it's really, really early to determine this, but after watching the last two games, what do you think the Rangers need to add? Any specific player in mind? For me, I know it might look look into uh, Smith, but good luck getting him from Vegas. Riley Smith, I guess, is what you're talking about. Um, a right winger. Uh, I just don't know if this Kreider on the right side works. 
So if you decide to shift him back to the left side, would you like to find a, a right winger? That's that's probably where I would think they'd need. And again, it is still, as you said, exceptionally early. But um, that would probably be the thing that leaps to mind right now. Chris says, hi, Don. With the offseason news of the Coyotes needing a new home, do you think they move? If so, where and would Houston be a front runner? Houston definitely would be a front runner, right? Because I, I guess ideally what you'd like to do if you're the NHL is move them to a western city, right? I mean, you already moved Arizona to the central with the addition of the Kraken. Um, you already had expansion before that with Vegas. So moving Arizona to the east would mean you're probably going to have to shift somebody to the west. And who are you shifting to the west? Um, we'd have to have that conversation again. Is it, uh, you know, Nashville's already in the west. So I don't know what you do there. Um, I think it would probably be easier to slide them in the Houston. From what I understand, they are hot for a hockey team. They've been mentioned every time the NHL has tried to expand. Quebec City is sitting there waiting with an arena and a fan base that's hungry to get a team back. And to add another team into Canada wouldn't be a bad idea. But with the Canadian dollar struggling the way it is, with the economy being the way that it is, um, you know, I think that when you look at the partners you have with ESPN and TNT now, they would probably want the Houston market. Houston's a very, very populated city. So you end up going to Quebec City. doesn't really do much for ESPN and TNT, but Houston now. So I think Houston makes the most sense. I'd hate to see Arizona go. The NHL has twisted itself into a pretzel to keep them in Arizona, and they have created a fan base. But, God, it just it just doesn't seem to work there. And now are they going to get a new building where they move into obviously you want to try to get out of them being in the suburbs the way they are that's always been a major problem they play out there in in uh where the where the cardinals play and it's way off the beaten path and they want to try to get back into the city where the diamondbacks and the suns play all that but still it it just hasn't really worked like carolina works right dallas works so the places that the nhl has gone you're you're seeing now that the panthers are better they're starting to draw better clearly works in tampa has it really ever worked in arizona not just on the ice they've only gone to the conference finals once since they've been there and that was you know nine years ago and that's really been the only significant run this team has ever had They've got good young players, and you, you hear the Austin Matthews story. I mean, maybe there is no Austin Matthews if there wasn't an Arizona Coyotes team, right? He, he was born in San Francisco, but he grew up in Arizona. He was a Coyotes fan. They built rinks there. But when you look at, in general, how would the league benefit keeping them in Arizona or having them in Houston, I think from uh, from a, a fan base for how hot they are for hockey, for their television market size, all that things that really goes into the decision-making when it comes to the National Hockey League. Houston seems to be the natural fit, and you wouldn't have to realign because they're already in the Central Division anyway. Houston would be the perfect fit there, so we will keep an eye on that situation. All right, I will be doing the Rangers-Canadians game tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back with you again on Monday. We'll try to hook back up with EJ Raddick, recap the weekend, and then finally everybody would have played, and we'll be able to have a really fun conversation about everything that's going on in the NHL. Way to get in touch with me, as always, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy what's at least nice weather here in the New York metropolitan area. Hopefully it's good for you wherever you are, and we will talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. 
This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. 